go. Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have with me a very special guest, H.C. Newell. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Just got off work, so... <laughs> no, know that feeling my wife's like you're gonna stay at work again i'm like yes because it's so much easier than going home and then my, my son can only do about 20 25 minutes without one of the two of us so like if he's with me he wants her after that and then vice versa so it's been making podcasting very difficult so it's oh, nice because yeah. he's at daycare till like five so she'll get him and by the time i'm done you know it's like the night's done and then i can kind of just go and do whatever so i'm so glad that i could have you on during the week it was nice that i had you and star pretty quick actually from uh, when you got a hold of me, because I had a couple people that are like, oh, I have to kind of bump back into the season. Um, so thank you so much, you know, for for coming on. Um, I've seen your books all over recently, which is awesome. So I was so happy when you messaged me. And um, it's always nice when the fish come to me and I don't have to <laughs> go out and send a bunch of emails and messages constantly and be like, feel like sometimes I feel like I'm just like yelling out into the void, um, particularly for, you know, female authors or like I'm trying to be diverse you know in our selection and sometimes it gets very very difficult so so happy to get a lot of people respond very quickly um and get some really cool authors and content creators and books so i'm so happy that we could get you on for season three um and then we'll actually start with that first question which is one of my favorites uh what has your writing journey been like up until this point um it's been touch and go it it slowly has progressed Whenever I first published, I had no idea what I was doing. I was not, like, I wasn't in the community at all. I didn't even know about the community, like the the Twitter community and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I actually didn't want to publish whenever um, I first, because it took me 10 years to write my book. So nice. I wrote it for my husband. Mm-hmm. So I just was writing it for him. I didn't really want, because I've always written my whole life. So it was just kind of what I do, but I posted about it online on my Facebook because I was so happy that I finally finished this full length novel. And I'm telling you, it was like 200,000 words. And it was like a YA, like a young adult. It was just wordy and awful, <laughs> but, but I finished it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Um, well, actually, no, my finished one was, I guess, this version, but it started off as a YA. You know? Anyways, um, but I posted about it and people were so interested in it. They thought it sounded so good. And they love, they loved like the little mock-up cover that I made off of like Canva or something. <laughs> so people were like, where can I buy this? You need to publish this. So I was like, hmm, okay, let me give this a shot. So I did. And like I said, I was kind of overwhelmed with research because there's a lot that goes into publishing and marketing yeah. So luckily I I did have a pretty successful photography business and I also was pretty successful on Twitch for a while. So that kind of learned how to, I don't want to say I was successful on Twitch, but I, you know, I was okay. (laughs) But it taught me how to like interact with an audience. It taught me how to grow an audience and how to get involved. So that really helped a little bit, but I know a little bit about social media. So anyway, I started off on Facebook and I was just doing Facebook groups and I actually sold 150 books the first month that I published, which oh, was, wow, that's a lot. It was, it was great. But then it went down to like one book a month <laughs> because yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. And my first book had a lot of issues. So I did a second edition of it, which is the a current edition that everybody reads. And it wasn't until I joined the Twitter community in November of last year. And I had three books out by then that things have really taken off for me and yeah, I mean, yeah. 
I was going from one book a month. I've sold 500 books this month. I would say I've seen your covers everywhere. Like within, <laughs> I think I might have found you. Oh my gosh, it feels like like yesterday, but really, like my son was born. But really, it was probably when you first came on. Um, yeah. So I mean, but I mean, I've seen you know, I've seen book one like constantly, and I I think I've seen all three of yours. Yeah, like just all over the place lately, like like a lot. And I'm on I'm on social media a lot, so like I see, not That's just Twitter, cool. but I I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them all over the place which is really cool shared in different groups and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so cool. And then like people will message me and they'll be like, I saw this on like Google pages or I saw this in a discord. It's about my book and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's, that's so awesome. cool. Like, yeah. It's so neat. It's it's kind of surreal. Like I, I haven't really had 500 sales. This is the most sales because my goal for the year is 365. I want to sell at least one book a day on average. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, which brings my monthly goal down to 30 a month. So to sell like 30 a day this month is, yeah. I feel like there's a glitch in the system and it's going to like <laughs> fix it because there's like no way that I'm selling this many books right now, but it's, in, it's insane, but it's been really good. Ever since I joined the Twitter book community, it's been amazing, like life-changingly amazing. Well, that's awesome. Well, you said, so like, I, there were just a couple things I wanted to bring up. So the one thing I don't think a lot of people know that I like to just bring up, um, you know, is like, mo I think it, I, forget what the statistic was but it's like it's like pretty low to sell 200 books in a life's career for most indie authors uh and i mean it's like low it's like less than 10 percent um like i think it's well under that so for like i think just want to talk about goals so you said you know 365 which i think is still a good goal it's still achievable right but it's not like 365 a month you know so i just want to point out to people that like you know 365 like that's a really decent goal but it's still more than way more than the average which i think is really smart um i've said like for my first thing i'm releasing a book i was like if i could do you know 250 you know within the first year um and that's like a low goal and i did like the same thing i was like 350 is a high goal for that and anything above that is just you know it's just going to be icing on the cake but you know i just think that people need to know those type of statistics so I like that you brought up, you know, those kind of numbers, because I think that that makes total sense. But I think that, you know, 365, I think is a, is a solid goal right there for the year. I don't think a lot of people, people know that. So yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Said, and mm -hmm. I, in, a, in a month you said, or? Yeah, that's just this month. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's super cool. 365 for the year. I'm sorry. I was thinking. Well, of for, either way. Now. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> either way though. Yeah. Well, well, so far, like from January to now um no so i've sold 500 this month from the first to the 18th wow. but wow, my, that's and then I was awesome my year, yeah and then i was saying my year yeah. goal is usually 365 yeah, yeah. almost oh that's amazing <laughs> like i don't know oh, that's super cool i'm all over the place right now <laughs> yeah no no that's, that's super cool that's awesome it's nice to see when people Wait. i just think it's nice to see when people you know make that first goal that's more than the you know the average life expectancy of most books um yeah, because I mean, again, I just think I just want to point out, you know, because if you did that, you know, like even once you get to 200, you know, like just for the year, like you're already, you know, ahead of 99% of the crew, really, um, you know, statistically speaking, I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, and when you're talking 500 a month, I mean, you're like, you know, way ahead of the curve there. So that's like really awesome. So that's super cool. I'd be interested to see, you know, just for yourself, you know, you know like what your numbers end up being for the year, just so you could see that, you know, just from like a goal standpoint and then kind of, you know, kind of reset them from there. I think that's super cool. So, yeah, it was, it's really interesting. Cause I, I hit my yearly goal, I think a month or two ago. I saw oh, nice. 65. So I'm, 
I'm hoping to hit a thousand for the year. That'd be insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got plenty of time. Crazy. It's only September. So I you know. know. I can't believe yeah. it. I posted on Twitter a few weeks ago or whenever. I can't remember exactly when it was. I was like, I've already hit my year goal and it's only like August. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then, so like almost, I don't want to say almost double that because I don't think it's almost double because I don't know math. But to go over <laughs> that just in 18 days, like this month is insane. Yeah. No, but, that's super cool. I mean, and I, my, my goal whenever I first published, like I said, I didn't know very much, but my goal when I first published was a hundred books for the year. And I hmm. think that's a reasonable goal. Um, yeah, yeah. And also my, my goal for now, which is 365 and I have three books out with another one pre-order. So you know, a lot of people seem to kind of forget that when I tell them how many sales I have, mm. because a lot of people only have like one or two books and they're like, how do you get so many yep. sales? I'm like, well, I have more books than you. So I'm going, uh, hopefully I'll have more sales than you because I yeah. got more books. Yep. But um, whenever I do like 30 for, for the month, that's just any sale. I don't care what book I sell. I just want to sell a book at least, you know, one book a day is my goal. And yeah, yeah. some days I won't have any sales and some days I'll have five. So it kind of evens itself out as one on average, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What I think people should should really remember, and they should also remember not to compare themselves to others. Um, yeah, like, totally. Oh, it's so hard to do that. And, you know, it's it was really hard for me because Ryan Cahill published his book, I think it was in <laughs> March of 2021. I published yeah, my yeah. book in April of 2021. So for me being new and then him also being new and he just skyrocketed and I'm just like... yeah that algorithm changed in April, like right around that time end of March that year because I remember because like I I talk about that a lot I'm like man I wish the Twitter would go back that the writing community hashtag like you would just do that one and no matter what you did 1200 people would like see mine on average and then I was only at like maybe 250 followers or something like that for my author account, I mean, it was just like, I mean, it was astronomical. I mean, Dirk Ashton posted something, you know, like three days in a row and he had like 38,000 views, you know? And I mean, retreats were just like insane. So like, I remember when Ryan came on, that's right around when I was doing mine right at the tail end of the pandemic and just like my account. And I just, I just couldn't believe the amount of times, you know, like people retweeted or liked, you know, his posts and stuff. And then I was so excited and I was getting up to like 500 like followers and stuff. And I was getting up there and then all of a sudden, bam, they changed that algorithm and the entire, the entire platform just changed. So you like just missed that, like, yeah, that wave. I mean, it was, it was literally insane. And some of the people I've interviewed from that time, they've said, they're like, man, I've had to do you know, three, four times as much work on social media just to cover, you know, what Twitter used to do. And it's a real shame. But and I know some a lot of people try TikTok. You know, some people have done well on Instagram and stuff. Um, I'm always playing with those algorithms and stuff. And I, I just feel like nothing I've done or seen has been as good as, you know, as Twitter was at that time. So yeah, I definitely yeah, feel you there. I, I yeah, <laughs> missed out. I feel like I missed out. Like I wish I had my book published then, you know um well, you know in march so. i mean it's better just... than me who published at that time but i wasn't on twitter twitter scared me back then so i didn't oh even man so, like, my heart imagine breaks. where my books would be if i yeah, would, yeah, yeah. You know, jumped yeah, on yeah. right whenever yeah we called it the freshman class because there were a lot of people that had their first book that hit that wave between january and march because they, you know they were 
like, you know, things were kind of picking back up again, you know, after, yeah, after the pandemic. And yeah, I kicked myself because I, I was going to yeah. do some things and I pulled mine and I, I'm glad I did though because I need rewrites and stuff because I wanted to be really good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that freshman class of people, it's just to see where some of those people are now. It's, it's kind of crazy, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely a good social media wave there on Twitter for a while. But, <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I like I like how you mentioned, though, you know, like having like achievable goals, because, you know, again, I I think 200, you know, because I, I just think like I, I know people like I do the podcast, you know, and I've had quite a few people tell me, like, if you if you publish something, I'm going to buy it, you know, and, you know, if I just cut down my numbers really, you know, in terms of small increments with people that I know, you know for years and stuff that like fantasy, you know, that gaming group, stuff like that, you know, family, friends, whatever, I could easily sell 50. But, you know, for me, I'm thinking like, I got to get that other 150 out there. So I'm always thinking of, you know, ways. And that's what Star and I were talking about um, our last episode, you know, of really trying to find things that work for us. So, you know, I, I like doing things like this. You know, I like, you know, having people on talking, um, you know, about their products. Um, you know, I really like building a community. Um, I really enjoy talking to people in person. I always been a salesman. I'm a teacher. Uh, before that, I sold things all the time. So I, I'd rather just go to conventions and, you know, talk to people and, and do stuff like that. But I think, you know, social media is great for me and everything, but I'm more of a people person. So, you know, I, I think that finding your niche, I think, is really, you know, where it comes down to, you know, in social media. But, you know, like you said, you know, it, it can be very, it's a very daunting task. This podcast, I just want to sell your books. <laughs> like, I, that's all I want. And it's like beg people to come on or share links or subscribe or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not selling anything other than trying to sell, you know, <laughs> people's products. And I don't want anything in return other than, you know, to see people do really well and to see where careers are later. Like, I can't wait in five years, you know, like not that we don't want you on, you know, in between that. But five years from now, I think it'd be so cool to have you on our season 10 or whatever. And then you're like, yeah, I sold 500 books in five minutes, you know, <laughs> like, like I think that would just be like so cool. So that's like well, always our goal. But Yeah, that would that would be really cool. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. One of these days. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, like, you know, like season four or something like that, like our next season, hopefully like in the winter. Um, But for our, our audience, what genre genres do you currently write in and why? I am writing dark fantasy. It's kind of a mix between dark and epic fantasy. Oh, cool. um, I like to call it dark fantasy just because there are darker elements. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to call it ep epic fantasy because you're not really expecting mm -hmm. darker elements. But yeah, yeah. I I have always gravitated, it's going to sound terrible, towards like tragedy. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's, a, it's a train wreck. It's a car crash. It's fine. Like It's a human nature. <laughs> yeah yeah that's why everybody watches reality tv right like <laughs> right well like the what i found was so we start over because i'm stuttering for me to read like what i like to read is like ya stuff it's easy i can get into it i don't have to slodge through like world building and figuring things out that's what i like to read but whenever I write, I want to, I like to invest all of that time hmm. into creating a world. Like I have different, I have like five, four or five different languages in my books. And I've got like oh, wow. different races and, you know, they, they go throughout the whole continent and they're not in just like one place or they go throughout the entire continent throughout the series. Hmm. But I, for me, I also found that I am more emotionally wrecked by tragic stories like mm. Final Fantasy 10 like that ending I don't mm. know if you've ever played it but yeah, yeah. 
the ending still gets to me. And I played yeah. that game like so many times. But those things stick with you. Like that that emotion, mm-hmm. that raw emotion that you can pull out of people from not even just tragedy, but just realistic, raw emotional moments that yeah. a lot of fantasy kind of shies away from because they don't want the grittiness and they don't want the the realism, which is fine. You know, we read fantasy because we don't want that. But sometimes you do. And when you do, it can be really um emotionally impactful and it yeah. really gets you invested in the story and in you can really immerse in that world because you you feel those emotions good or bad and that's what I really like about dark fantasy um and then the epic scale I just wanted it to be as three-dimensional as I could make it so I you know and spent a ton of time creating races and factions and guilds and languages and all this stuff so you could when you read my books I want you to be completely immersed mm. in that world like I don't I have elves but they're called Eve because I try to like separate the real world from fantasy as much as I could yeah so that's super cool oh, no, I like how you said dark fantasy because <laughs> I well because I because I was just talking to this um, with an author friend of mine online, and I'm he's like, how, because I'm like, I have this book that I, so I'm like really focused on my sword and sorcery, Kinovella, and I have this other thing, and I just think this will help people, so I'm glad you brought this up with genre, is like, we just discussed this, because he's like, okay, your thing's like kind of sword and sorcery, but it's not, it's kind of grimdark, but it's not, and I have a book that's similar to that, and I'm like, ah, what genre am I, you know, or subgenre am I going to do this? So he had mentioned dark fantasy, and I'm like, oh, I said, yeah, it's kind of dark, you know, but it's not grim dark, um, you know, and then there's fantasy. I said, you know, it's not epic, though, but, you know, it might be a little bit bigger in scale. So I just like how you mentioned dark fantasy, because I think that, you know, subgenre or genre like and you said, I think perfectly, you know, you like to read one thing, but you also like to take some of that and write a particular way. So I think that that's really important because, you know, there are different books that I could think of where, oh, that makes total sense. You know, I like these things, but I actually wanted to write something this way. So I think that really thinking about genre or subgenre um, makes sense. I have like, uh, I like all of urban fantasy, but I'm a history teacher. And I really want to mix together like history and urban fantasy and make historical urban fantasy. Um, and I have a lot That's of cool. different ideas. Yeah, I have a lot of different ideas to do that, you know. And, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people about that. And I'm like, I... I think that we're still in a traditional sense of thinking. Like we just did it at my meeting just now. We were thinking of a game in the traditional sense. We have to come up with a new game. And we're like, well, we can take the old game and then just do whatever we want. Cause like we're the game creators. And I'm thinking about that with genre too. And I'm like, well, we can literally do whatever you want as indie authors. So I think dark fantasy makes total sense. And for me as a reader, I'm like, okay, when you say that, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, senior cover senior blurbs you know we got book one waiting and i'm like okay that to me represents you know what i know of your work so far and your books perfectly and i just think that you know people might want to think about that and if you have to combine a couple different things to you know to fit you know your writing style your stories i think that makes total sense so i think dark fantasy is a sounds awesome so i can't wait to join you in the ranks of on kindle in the dark fantasy uh genre there so that sounds awesome and, and uh, some advice that I would have um, for Over. people that are wanting to write is, for one, write for yourself. Don't try to put yourself in a box, but you also need to understand what your genre is. Say, mm. like, if, if my books were actually meant to be for young adults, 
they're not for young adults because they're not written mm. in the style that young adults are written in. Yeah, they're way yeah. too, they're way too like detailed. There's a lot of lore and exposition and world building that a lot of YA has, but it's it's written in the prose is much different. So <laughs> you have to don't try to just like box yourself in because of genre. Like, oh no, I can't have this because it's not in my genre. Don't worry about that. Just write. Just make sure your tone and your prose kind of just follows the general guidelines of whatever genre you're trying to write because I didn't really have a genre in my mind like I said I didn't really want to publish so mine's just a fantasy and I I wrote it in a way kind of like I read um Name of the Wind so I loved Mm. his prose and my book's not written like his but I like (laughs) I like like, I'm not even gonna like pretend like I'm saying that (laughs) that I write like that (laughs) but you know I just love like the the flowery prose and how detailed everything was and just how it all just kind of flowed. So I tried to like recreate that in my own way. Um, And I, when I first published, I thought it was epic fantasy. And then I come to realize it's not even epic fantasy. It's dark fantasy because there's a, there's a lot of dark things in it. So, (laughs) you know, don't, don't try to box yourself in worrying about your genre. Just kind of have a general outline of what audience you want. You know, if you're going to do fantasy for adults, then just do fantasy for adults. We're going to be a young adult, then try to do it like, right, like young adults. Am I making sense right now? No, 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 totally. And I, I, I just think that that's a really, no, I think it's a great point to make. And, you know, I've had stories where I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be grimdark. I don't know if it's going to be epic. I, I have one that I came up with. I was like, oh God, that's, um, that's brilliant. And I was like, I don't know where it fits right now. And my friend and I are like, well, down the road, you know, Hopefully I can, the characters will talk to me more, you know, and I can figure that out. And I'm kind of going to let, you know, I'm trying to get out of their way now. And I try to just let them do their thing. And that's where one of my books, I was like, oh, it's grimdark. At first I was like, oh, it's fantasy. And I was like, oh, it's grimdark. Now I'm like, I think it's dark fantasy, you know? And I think you say that to me and I'm like, you know, thinking about it. Um, And I think if I had published that one during, you know, 2021, just to try and ride the wave, I really think that it wouldn't have been ready. And I also think it would have been in the wrong subgenre. So yeah. I'm actually, now that you said dark, you're, just during this interview, you say dark fantasy, I just keep thinking it's hard. I have to try and parking lot it really quick, but I'm just like, that makes total sense. So no, I think, I think what you're saying is it's great advice. And I think that a lot of people need to hear that. Cause sometimes, you know, you, I think, you know, you really think like to yourself, oh, this isn't working, or maybe you get writer's block or something, you know? And I think that sometimes it's not that you're listening. It's not that you're not listening to your character. Sometimes it's, you might just be in the wrong subgenre. Or your yeah. narrative style, or like you said, your way of writing, you know, the book. Like I had a friend tell me that day, he goes, This is not military sci-fi. This is whatever he chose. Um, you know, and it's a different subgenre. And then, you know, there there was one story that Dirk Ashton was telling, or somebody where it was like they knew a military sci-fi author, but it was like a I don't know if you ever watched that TV show Jag, where it was like the the Navy's lawyers. And he did this guy did that in space. But he tried to market it as a sci-fi, like a military sci-fi, but it wasn't. So then he found a different subgenre. And then all of a sudden, you know, his audience, because they liked that subgenre, he found his audience. Um, you know, because it wasn't military sci-fi, but it was like something else. Uh I forget what the yeah. subgenre was. And all of a sudden, bam, you know, sales went up and you know, he did really well because he found his audience. So I think what you're saying is it also goes back to, you know, figuring out your genre so you can, you know, really find your audience, you know. So yeah. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. And just you know, don't, like I said, don't, don't focus too hard on, oh, it has to be dark fantasy, has to be dark fantasy, because then you're going to put yourself in a narrow mindset, and your, yep. your story is going to all be altered, 
because you're trying to fit things that only go in yep. dark fantasy instead of just allowing the story to just organically come out and be the yep. way it's supposed to be. Like I always tell everyone, my story writes itself. Like I, mm. I plan it out and I'll sit down for a, a couple weeks and I'll really like plan out the details. But once I, I sit down and write, I just sort of use my outline as sort of a roadmap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way, if I get like writer's block or something, at least I know the direction I have to go. Yeah. But yeah. I really just let the story kind of just play out like a movie and whatever happens, happens. And then my beta readers will read it and they'll say this, like I've had beta readers that are like, this is a little too romantic. You probably don't want that. Like, mm. Take that out. Or you probably want to add a little bit more grit here. This is a little too sappy, stuff like that. So I can stay within my genre. But when yeah, I yeah. write it, I just write it and I don't care. This is my story. And then my readers will let me know if it's, you know, what my audience is looking for. Yeah. No, I think that makes total sense. And then you bring up another good point too, just, you know, with beta readers and, you know, I have some things I'm doing now where I also just found out about alpha readers. <laughs> it's just like, I've been doing this for a, lot, a while now and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. So I have some alpha readers that are then helping me with the, you know, the beta reader pro or editing first, you know, so a couple of things because uh, I want to waste anybody's time or my money. Um, yeah. So I think it's also really good to find, you know, a really good crew, you know, three, four, whatever your number is, right. To really tell you those things. Cause it's like friends, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, I'll be your friend, but you know, I'll be a good friend, but you probably don't want to hear what I have to say all the time. Cause my definition of a good friend is somebody that needs to tell you what you need to hear. But you know, my definition of a good friend is also a good beta reader, you know, so <laughs> you're not necessarily tell you what you need to change, but just saying this is working or this isn't working for me, you know, and this is why with, you know, your audience or genre or premise or whatever. But yeah, I think it's, it's, yeah. Like, like you mentioned a couple of things right in alignment there that I think you need one, two, and then three. Uh, so it's kind of <laughs> linear, but yeah, that's really funny. Uh, so speaking of those kind of things, goes right into our third question. What is one major obstacle you've had to overcome in your career so far? Um, I know it's hard to pick one. <laughs> I know. I've, I've had like 17 go through my yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the wheels spinning like, oh, like my light flashed before my eyes. Last interview star was like, uh, she was like, I wrote this down, but then I'm thinking of these other ones. I'm like, that's fair. <laughs> well, in the, in the beginning, it was um, marketing. And just trying to get sales. Because mm. like I said, I was I was actually only selling one book a month. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I had a really good start. And then it just kind of went down. Because I don't do paid ads. I don't got the money for that. I don't got the time to learn it. I don't Yeah, yeah. I've done paid ads exactly six hours. And I lost $40. And I refuse to do them ever again. So I, uh, you know, learning how to market and uh, sell my books. That really came whenever I joined Twitter, honestly. Um mm. But also, you know, sequels sell books. So once you have more than one yeah. book out, you know, it can really sell a lot of books. But right now, my biggest obstacle is just getting reviews because yeah, yeah. I have sold a lot of books and a lot of people talk about them. A lot of people like them. A lot of people don't leave reviews for them, though. And I'm like, why? <laughs> That's my biggest obstacle right now. So if you read yeah, that book, yeah. please, please go review it. Thank you. Okay. Well, and I just want to point out, too, is like, you know, we've had people on here who have also like I think people forget they're also on Audible. And I think a lot like I, I work so hard. The only thing I like about Audible with review is like once I finish the book, I have to like you have to have a certain number of like characters. And sometimes I like finish it and then I'm going with my kid. I have to remember to then go back to it. But I always remember to go back to it and review it, um, even if I've already reviewed that person on Amazon or you know, Goodreads or whatever, because I really want to make sure, you know, that they don't always link them. Um, I found that out recently because I was like, 
I don't know if they've changed it, but during the summer, I, you know, somebody's like, oh, you know, did you review my book? I'm like, yeah, well, I had reviewed it on Audible. I didn't realize that, you know, that it hadn't linked to my Amazon account. Yeah, so it is separate. You have to go on Audible. Yeah, and I didn't know that. I thought it was, you know, because it's in my Amazon Kindle app and account. So I, you know, on my Kindle, I can play it or listen to it or whatever. And it's like, I just automatically assume that they would link it. So I went back yeah. to all these reviews. So now I have all these Audible books that I'm actually backlogging for reviews on my actual Kindle account, like Amazon Kindle, that's now hooked up with my Goodreads. Um, but yeah, but I always try to tell people, and I keep saying this on this podcast too, like any product they have, like, you know, like wherever you find it, you know, like just make sure, you know, you're reviewing that product. Um, cause I don't, I don't think people realize how much that drives sales and just the analytics. And we yeah. try to stress it all the time. Um, yeah. And I had a friend, he's like, Oh yeah, I read a hundred books in audible this and that. And I'm like, did, how many did you review? And he goes, what? I'm like, what and i go how many indie? Right. i was like how many indie he goes i think all 100 i'm like so you just shorted 100 businesses on their best you know mode of advertising and i'm like and that really ruins you know the analytics for people trying to figure out sales compared to you know new sales ratio and stuff i was just like so he's gone back and like you know has just he does like a couple oh. a day or whatever yeah he goes oh my god i didn't even think of that i'm like because he's busier than i am and i have a kid um so yeah and it was just like really funny but i try to always tell people i'm like yeah they're separate so just want to point that out again if anybody's on audible make sure you're doing that and then also going to amazon and i like to just copy and paste them now that's just what i do it just helps me out but yeah, yeah that's and i a like good one. that um amazon and um goodreads have linked it so you can see your goodreads. so yeah, it's so yeah, much easier. I love, I hate that Amazon makes it so hard to just leave a rating because even yes. ratings without a review, that like anything helps. Even if you just said, I liked it, the number of reviews matters more than the review itself. So I love yep. that, that Goodreads, you can just do the rating and you don't have to. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, only. The only thing I don't like about Goodreads is like, I have read books recently where I'm like, okay. Like if I'm on a hard scale, I love these things. It's a 4.5, but I, it's not a four. It's a 4.5. I knew you were going to say it, that. <laughs> it won't let me just click half a star. So in my review, I actually say it's not actual four for me. It's a 4.5 out of five. And this is why. And I, you know, and I'll say like, this is what I loved. And, you know, I might even say like, you know, if it had just had, you know, I might just say one or two things like not critiquing writing because i would never do that in a review but i'll just say like you know i like i just felt like i need a little bit something more to be a five yeah. um but you know four point i look and i'm like i don't even care anymore i'm like if i love your cover love your premise i used to i mean i, lo I love design uh, i used to want to be an illustrator and i still want to do my own covers and things so like if i love your design um, you know, and then I check your blurb and I love both. I'll just read the book. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm horrible. My wife's like, I'm so glad you're on Kindle now because with my son, I can't physically read the books because he's, uh, his enemy is paper and he gets like <laughs> a plus five anytime he attacks paper. So I'm like, I just have to read Kindle, but you know, it's kind of nice because, you know, so many people send me them, um, arcs or whatever, or tell me about their sale or, you know, whatever. And they know I review everything, you know, and they know I'll, I'll plaster it everywhere, um, you know, on social media or whatever. Um, I have a lot of book reviews I'm doing, but yeah, it's just like, it's made it so much easier now that 
uh, Goodreads and Amazon have linked. I just really wish that Audible would do the same yeah. or make it just a little easier. But I, can't, I just want so bad to be able to put 4.5 out of 5. And I tell them all the time, like when they do the app surveys and stuff, I'm like, please allow people to do this. Because I actually think it would help. I know there's people that are not like me that they're only going to read something that's a 3 out of 5 or a 4 or whatever the rating is, you know, 75% 4 stars or whatever. But yeah, it's it gets interesting when you're talking about analytics, but... Yeah. yeah, it would really help because a lot of people round down. They don't round up like they taught you in school. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm like, why are you rounding down? I saw a couple <laughs> people do that. I saw a reviewer do that recently. And I was trying not to get into it with them, but I messaged them privately. And I was like, I'm just curious as, and I felt like it was, it was like one of my friend's books, you know, and I had read it and I was like, I'm just curious at why you went three. And they're like, well, this, this, and that I rounded down. And I'm like, and I said, I was like, could you at least put 3.5, <laughs> you know, like, and they were like, then now they started doing the same thing, which I thought was kind of funny. I'm but, like, they uh, taught us that five enough, but you round up people. <laughs> well, I'm trying to tell people, I'm like, listen, and it's like the, I just want to just point out real quick. So please, people don't do this. If like Patricia Briggs, right? I love her. So I ordered the newest book, Soul Taken, took 11 months in paperback. I kept getting pushed back because of the pandemic and different stuff. And um, it got to me from Amazon, like folded. And I was so ticked. I was so ticked. And I just didn't have a chance to take it back. And my friend's like, you know, at some point when we go meet her, he's like, we'll just give it to the library or something or whatever, you know. And he's like, we'll just go get you another copy. Well, I'm not about to go on to, you know, the review for her book to put an Amazon problem. And I've seen that recently. And I'm like, why are you, you want to go to a mom and pop joint and be like, oh, the highway was Horn up in front of their place. You're like, that's not their problem. Like, how was the food, you know? And I've seen that a lot recently, too. So I just think reviews and how you do reviews are are super important. But yeah, I totally agree with yeah. you there. I, I, I see those. No, I haven't seen them on indie books. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but I see those because mm -hmm. I review everything. Like, under the, I'm, a, I'm a reviewer. So anything <laughs> I get, I review it. And I see that sometimes they're like the package didn't come. And I'm like, well, that's not the, that's not the product's fault. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's Amazon's the book about? about? Yeah. Did you like the book? <laughs> yeah. There's an Amazon survey for that. That's all I'm saying. But anyways, uh, so this is my favorite question, especially with authors and content creators. So what are your fallen light books about and how did you come up with this idea? I know you got a few, but. <laughs> well, um, my books follow a sorceress named Nirana. She is a human sorceress. Cool. Who is born to a world where um, magic in humans is forbidden and it is considered demonic so she is pursued for that they you know destroy people that are like that so she is on the run from the order of sorrow and she is just um making her way through trying to find the strength with her magic because she can't use it or they are able to find her so it's about her just oh, trying cool. to find freedom from that trying to find strength from that trying to work with the brotherhood who is against the order of sorrow so that they can mm. defeat the order of sorrow so it's her story but there's also a secondary main character named Ayla who is also a sorceress and she's on a journey while Nier is on a journey of revenge Ayla is on a journey of peace and they both have to work together on this journey to both survive and kind of keep everything in balance so it's about their conflicting goals and about how they um come together uh and i did not come up with this idea my husband did so <laughs> oh that's cool though that's really cool it started off as a young adult 
romance fantasy that was a trilogy that was my idea and then I was like I want to take this to another level like I just want this to be deeper I want it to be richer I want it to be darker and he was like well why don't you make it with you know uh somebody who's outlawed for being magic and they have to go to all these magical realms and do all this stuff and then that idea just like flourished into all of this so I I took a lot of inspiration um from Skyrim like with the oh, I love it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Skyrim I took inspiration from them with the elves and the humans that are at war all the different races and stuff like that and the humans are kind of more um they're not really based on Skyrim Skyrim is more of like a, a Nordic society um but the elves are kind of more grittier and they're more they're more Nordic and more Viking style than like mm. Tolkien style elves um I took some inspiration from Witcher especially with like the monsters and the magic and stuff like that um and then yeah so Ayla's story the secondary main character she took a lot of inspiration from Final Fantasy X I'm not gonna say that she's Yuna but she's Yuna so (laughs) (laughs) that's cool that's awesome (laughs) lots of different inspirations and then I give my husband credit for coming (laughs) that's so funny one of my buddies, I, t- I tell him, I'm like, when I hit it big one day, I'm going to make you my assistant so I can pay you. Because he'll say something just stupid and like off the wall. And the one day we're driving back from a book sale and he's like, gives me this idea. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. He's like, what? I'm like, now I have to write a trilogy about this idea. Because my writer brain worked through it, you know. And I was like, oh, it's so cool. He had these ogres and it was like kind of a humorous thing. And I was like, well, what if you did like a comedy, like a com- comedic thing with like the overlords and stuff. So I, and then I had my trilogy ogres and overlords. And I, I tell him then, then I was working on that and he came up with something else. And I was like, he's such a good idea, man. I was like, stop coming up with ideas until I finish the other 20 books that I, you know, have to write um, to start off. But yeah, so I always give him credit. So I can't wait for one of these days when people ask me and I was like, yeah, it was some stupid throwaway comment. So I definitely feel you yeah, there, but yeah. you got to give credit where credit's due. So I like that you, you know, you're giving him credit. So <laughs> that's he, awesome he, got, he can't write for nothing like he just like <laughs> he, i can't even write and it's like like nothing but he his imagination is just so good he can just come up with ideas on the spot if i'm stuck oh, that's with awesome book, he doesn't want to know anything about my book he wants to read it so no, that's I fair, yeah. so like i do go to him if i really need help but i try not to but like when i go to him for help it's just like instant he just knows what to do and i'm like will you stop like i've been over here for like two weeks trying to figure this out <laughs> and I ask you in one <laughs> second you haven't figured it out like, yeah 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 but uh, oh, like funny. I have a good imagination but some people they got some crazy imaginations no Just I agree them. yep no my friend's like that I'll use him as a sounding board but it's hard because he wants to read my book so he'll sometimes be like no don't don't tell me you know this or that or yes. you know and I have to like work around it I got like three friends like that and so my wife does not like fantasy or sci-fi so she's she's like go 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 interview people <laughs> like please you know like <laughs> no. talk to authors and it's, it's fun so it's like my hobby kind of thing but uh yeah but like i think it's oh man <laughs> oh man she's into those like my, my brother and sister-in-law are really into like horror and the murder mysteries and stuff that's oh, like their yeah. thing they that's their thing oh, okay. but my buddy yeah. we got yeah our, my gaming crew you know we got our D thing and i message them all the time and stuff but i always tease her i'm like grounds for divorce um you know so don't <laughs> don't step over the line you know um for anything else you know um but yeah it's it's just interesting enough because if you can find a good sounding board i think you know it definitely works but yeah it's kind of like you have your own like writing group but it's just the two of you are the one that does the writing but you know it's it's kind of cool that you can you know, go and, you know, sound off that way. So 
That's really no, awesome. Like I said, he doesn't know all the details, so it's yeah, getting yeah. harder the further I get into my series. Because <laughs> like, like anything <laughs> I say now is gonna like give him a spoiler. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't say anything to you. Uh, it's so funny because my friend is like that, right? My two my two best friends are like that right now. They can't know anything else because my novellas, my frequent novellas for this one series, that so they're like we. It's so deep that like we can't really know anything. So I might have to like find new yeah. people, but that's really funny. Me and him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, We've totally. Been together for almost fifteen years. So like, if I oh, say geez. anything, yeah. So like, if I say anything, he's gonna know if I'm telling like. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. If I'm like, oh, this theory, he'll be able to tell if it's like the right theory or the wrong theory just from the face I'm making. So like, we that can't is talk hilarious. About it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. My friend said that the other day. He goes, "You're lying." I'm like, "No, I'm not about something." I was like, "No, I'm not." He's like, "No." He's like, "Are you gonna kill that character?" Please tell me you're not going to kill that character. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. He's like, you're lying. I'm like, I'm not lying. Like, I was kind of lying. But, yeah, <laughs> I definitely know I feel like. yeah, he won't tell me his theories because he's like, I'm going to know by your face. I'm like, I won't even make a face. He's like, I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you can't play poker with each other. That's fair. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> well, you mentioned world building and some magic there. So I definitely want to talk about that. So I was curious, you know, and you talked about a lot of cool influences there. Uh, so I was curious at what your approach to world building for this main series was exactly. Like, how did you pull in these different things and kind of think, okay, this is the direction I'm going to go? Um, I mean, like I said, it started off um, YA, and then I wanted to just kind of go a little richer. I really was into Game of Thrones. Like, that was my favorite show mm. until season six. We're not going to talk about the rest of it. That's what Amen it to that. Yeah, well, there's a season <laughs> yeah, season six and seven now. Yeah, seven, eight. I don't know. I, don't, I think it's <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I love just, like, the grittiness and the depth and all the different characters and different yeah. places. I just build some pencils. <laughs> 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 um, but the different races and characters. And I don't think they have different races, but just all that. I really liked all the depth. So, I mean, I don't know why I decided to go this way. I I don't read a lot. So I'm kind of surprised to find out that a lot of books kind of stay in one area because mm. I had no intention of ever doing that because I'm like, this is yeah. a series. We're going to we're going to explore the world. Like, that's what you're supposed yeah, yeah. to do. And apparently sure. it's not. So like, um. I don't know. I kind of forgot what your question was. <laughs> oh, no. Well, sorry, because you, you kind of made me think of something there. I was just talking about like the world building because like, I mean, you just had some really cool ideas like but you mentioned in the previous question, um, you know, about your series, you're like, OK, well, like, you know, I, like you said, you took some of the things, you know, like the, you know, different races, uh, you know, with like Skyrim. But then, you know, you you know talked about a couple of characters that you had different ideas from like Final Fantasy 10 and a couple of things. Um, so I was just curious, like with the world building, you know, like. Did, did you kind of listen to the characters more or did you kind of let the world speak to you more and then form the characters around them? Or I was just curious kind of how you went about that. There's usually like a couple of different ways that people go about it. So I'm just kind of curious that if you went world first and then put the characters in or put the characters in and then, you know, kind of well, had some general ideas and then let them decide or. Well, it is kind of different for me because my story started off as one thing and it kind of transformed into another. Mm -hmm. So at first I already had my characters and the characters that I have now were are basically the characters I started with with my oh, wow. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So their names have changed, but most of their backstories, most of their personalities, the, their looks, they're all basically the same. So I started with my characters and I sort of built the world around that. Oh, cool. Um but whenever I was creating the Fallen Light series, obviously I had to scrap everything. So I tried, I tried stepping away <laughs> from those characters, but for some reason they just could, they would not leave my head. So I just had to bring mm. them over to this new series. Yeah. But um, 
I, you have to know the end before you know anything. So, you know, you have to figure out how everything's going to end and what the goals are. Um, but I, I think, cause it's been so long, this is like 12 years ago now or something, Yeah. but I, I think that my advice and what I did was start big and get smaller. So like mm. you create your world and you kind of create the general idea of how many, um, like countries or continents or whatever. And then you kind of like go down and you'll say, you'll go to like one country and then you go down to a city and then you go down to like the, like the capital or whatever and you kind of fill in the blanks with the people and where they're going and where they're from and their culture as you go down instead of for me starting from the bottom up didn't really work because I needed a map before I could do anything yeah no totally yeah I had to know where things were placed and what because you can't really for me I couldn't create you know the Vax Ross which is a desert race of basically orcs and they live in the desert and they have um steampunk aspects like the oh, cool. steampunk there and stuff i can't really think of that for me if i don't know do these people live in a desert and where is this desert located because that's going to affect geographically what the people over here are doing yep because if they're close to a desert they're going to have to kind of be sort of integrated into a desert arid kind of place yeah. if that even makes sense so no totally yeah so i just had to kind of figure out what my world looked like first and then i just yeah. went I started big and just went small, small, small. But the first thing that I did was come up with my antagonist and my protagonist and what their goals were. Mm. Um, and then I just kind of went down from there. Mm. I, I feel I you there. I, no, no, no. It, it, but you did a really good job. So like, I just, like I had to go on to incarnate. I had a different map thing and then I did the basic map there, but then I had to zoom in um, for different things. And I was doing a D and D campaign in my fantasy setting. So, which really helped. Um, but I did it just to kind of flush out some different things to see if the map made sense and stuff. Uh, so it was kind of like, yeah, it was, but it was interesting. It was, it was really cool. I, I, I want to do my own game for my fantasy world. Um, uh, like game book, like a five B or something like that. But it, it was really cool though, because I'm the same way. So I'm a geography teacher and I, I'm, I teach history. So I'm like, I need to know all these other pieces in order to make sure the society fits to make sure that the characters would, you know, do that. So I think the way that you described, I went countries, just did the continents, countries of where they were going to be, left these other ones just so I could talk about them to hook for later books or something or other series or standalones. And then I, that's what I did. So I think that you actually said that um, that's exactly what I did. So I think you said it in a really good way. But I think also you got best of both worlds there, you know, like, and best of, you know, I like to be in the middle of most things. You know, I think a great Jedi makes more sense than light and dark um, personally, because you got that's true balance. Uh, and I like having that balance of being out, but then, you know, going in and then filling in the rest, because I think that for me, that's just my method. I know other people are the glacier method or, you know, really just go characters and add just a little, I think they, it's like bird, little bird seed, I think is what my friend called that method. And then, just did a little uh and then went out but yeah i think that that makes more sense i think my friend called our style like the coloring book um you know because you pick maybe the background or outline and then you pick some other things and then kind of you know, the characters oh, and yeah. then color the background yeah like the rest or something like that so i was like okay that makes kind of sense psychologically but yeah i think it's just good to find what works for you so i always like to um bring that up because somebody might be like oh man that's exactly you know what i do they might that or they might say that's not what I do and I don't like that. And I want to do, you know, go out and then go in. I, that doesn't yeah. work for me though. It only works so far, but I like to just have the general outline, like a puzzle piece and kind of go from there. But I definitely need to know where I'm at, 
with my characters, you know, where what's around them, you know, because then it helps to drive the story. Uh, but then, you know, the individual, like at least the country, then individual places that might change later. So it's definitely flexible. I think that makes yeah. total sense. So yeah. even like with with my books, um, I'm on the third book right now. I'm about to release it. And I I have everything planned out. I know the end of all the books. I know the general plot, but I don't have everything specifically laid out for every book because i'm not about to sit here and do all that because it's going to change <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i have a six book series it's not going to be the same by the time i get to yeah. book six that's such so, a great point though yeah so whenever i sit down to write book three I'll, I'll start to write it and then when i go like i do the outline or whatever and have an idea but then once i go to to write it i have no idea i'm like the forest is completely empty in my head it's just trees because I don't have any like reference, like no visual reference. So yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. have to like sit down because I got stuck. I couldn't write for like two months because I had no idea where anybody was. I didn't know where they were mm. going. Yep. I, I I had to sit down. And what I did was I, I have a map um, of my book right here. And oh, the forest that's awesome. Because I had no plan. Like I told you, I don't plan anything out. So the forest is empty. It actually works with my lore because the humans, this is a human map. They wouldn't know what's Oh, cool. Oh, that's so awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it actually kind of worked out for me in the end because yeah. like the forest could be empty on, on uh, human maps. But anyway, cool. so I had to, I just drew the outline of my map and then I took, um, I did everything in Photoshop. So I just took like little um, stamps of like, huts and I just placed them in random places all mm. over the place and then I put like random little uh, mausoleums and just like all kinds of stuff and then I tried to just sort of create my own path oh, and then cool. I wrote the story based on the path the best path that they could take yeah yeah so that really kind of helped me to write that might help other people is just yeah, yeah. you know just drawing a rough map and then putting in little icons and then knowing where you're going to start knowing where you're going to end and then just seeing where your story can take you. Because that's literally yeah. what my book. Because the middle part of my book, I didn't have it. I had the beginning, mm. I had the end. Until I made the map and it kind of just figured itself out. So that's a strategy. Because a lot of people, and I did this too when I first started writing, was you try to to do the glacier method. Or you'll try to do like the plot thing and yep. the snowflake method. Yep. Talking about it right now is stressing me out. It's so yeah, yeah, yeah. That, anytime I hear glacial method, I'm just like, oh god! I'm like, yes. that's what stopped me. That's what stopped me for 14 years of finishing anything because I was like, oh, I have to do all this. And I wish, I wish that somebody had said no, like what you just said earlier. I wish that I had heard somebody say you could do it this way because that's what works for me. And if I had known that earlier, it would have helped me out. Yeah, and like me, everybody's different, and whenever. Yeah, yeah my creativity flourishes the most just when it can just yeah i'm in the mood and my my creativity's flowing and i can just write i cannot work off of structures so i have so many pdfs mm. of like workbooks and yep. writing workshops and fill in the blank things i can't do it i'm not that organized my brain doesn't yeah. work that way i have to think too much so just mm. do what works best for you like when i outline my books i literally just go into word and i just make one sentence bullet points like cascading ones of my mm. book that's how i outline my book i don't use all these methods i don't worry about the i don't worry about the um like the plots or the the act one act two act three i don't worry about any of that i just write the story and just make sure that it's good make sure that something happens in it i don't try to follow a structure because i mean a good story is going to have a structure somewhere as long as you have yeah. an antagonist and a climax you'll be okay yeah 
I mean, you said a lot of really good things there. So I just <laughs> want to point out like, um, you, you, so you said something that reminded me like, I have a lot of those books too and workbooks. I have a couple that have been really helpful, but I have some where I was like, I thought there was something wrong with me because I couldn't write a book in 30 days with how they planned it out. Yep. And I found out that I can't do that because it's not how I work. Now, once I got draft one done and now I'm starting draft two, I think I actually might go back to some of those books because now that I know more what's happening and who the characters are, now I can do that. But I just think that, you know, there are certain tools that you might just not be ready for um, or certain tools, like you said, just don't work for you. So it's definitely important to try things. You know, I tell my students that all the time. I'm like, that's the, the the thing that I can, it's like, if I only teach you perseverance, that is going to be, and just, you know, trying new things, like those two things, that is going to help you no matter what you do. Because yeah. maybe they want to be an author, maybe they want someone else. And I just, I stress with people that are trying to write or create, you know, like you said earlier, you know, don't try and, you know, copy somebody else. But I think that's what a lot of us try to do at the start, you know, is they try, we try and copy what somebody else has done. And I think just try new things. And if it works, it works. If not, then yeah. try something else. So I think that's just absolutely great advice there. That's awesome. Yeah. And we, we all have to start somewhere. I mean, you know, or any artist, you know, you don't have your own voice until you create your own voice. So you're going to kind of get ideas and get your copying if you want to call it that yep. for lack of a better word from other people until you you will learn and understand what works for you but yep. don't don't get frustrated because I can't do um like character sheets where you have to like fill in the blank with mm. all the character information I oh still can't yeah I can't yeah I know everything about my characters I yeah, can't yeah. so what I did I just scrapped that because I got frustrated too because I was like why this is what you're supposed to do like you're supposed to yep. do the little the little tree and you don't you're not so it's creativity you're not supposed to do anything so yeah. at least when you're coming up with your ideas you know like I said you just have to make sure there's a plot and that there's some kind of climax somewhere because you're going to build up to the climax it's not going to come out of nowhere yeah um, but for me I just wrote like short stories about my characters and that's how I got to know them mm. I didn't yeah, know yeah. Any of those little things so you know just people ask like where do you start when you start writing you literally just start you just write stuff and then you yeah learn how to go from there there's no right or wrong way to do it you just literally just start yeah and i know you know like brandon sanderson he'll do like a two-page on just like you said like, like not really a short story but like kind of or he could do he's come up with short stories for some of his two page he'll just start writing he just starts writing and then he'll start to come up with it and then he'll be like okay and then do some of those other things but you know and some people i know need those structures and things so yeah again it's like just you know like we're just we're taking things that are in our head that are completely made up and then putting them down on paper and making people believe that they're real to the point where they will give you a one star rating when the dog dies. <laughs> yeah. 85% of 80. I think Dirk had somebody on book two, like 85% of the way through and spoilers. That person should have finished the book, but they DNF. That's a very famous one. Now that's how real and ticked off that reader was at Dirk Ashton. And I think that's, I said to Dirk in our interview, I was like, that is just awesome. Cause that means that your writing had that much of an impact on that person. I hope that they finished this, you know, the book in the series, but like, that's what we're talking about here. So to, you know, to have to put all those things in a certain structures for certain people, you know, I, I think just doesn't work. So I think again, you know, going back to just, just, 
figure out what works for you. Talk to people, try them, you know, and I, I think you'll you'll find your way. Uh, speaking of which, so for magic, I was just curious how you handle magic in your world and in your world building. Like, how does magic work? I think that's one of the hardest ones for me, you know, because I want it to be believable, but at the same time, I want it to be unique. So I was just curious how you handle magic in your world. Yeah, so I have a soft magic system. I <laughs> don't like over explaining stuff. My, I don't yeah. have a lot of info dumps and stuff. I... I, t- I take the approach in my books where you kind of experience the world as the characters experience it. So the things that she already knows will be in the exposition, but the things that she doesn't know, you're going to have to figure them out with her. So it's not going to be, you know, somebody says something and near doesn't know what it is, but I'm going to explain it to you in the exposition. That's not how it's happening. Now this is third person. It's not first person, but it's kind of first person. Cause you know, whatever she doesn't know, you don't know. Yeah, but yeah. I also, I also don't like to understand everything because it takes the mystery out of it, and it takes yeah, the totally. magic out of magic for me if I understand yeah. the science behind it. So, I took the approach um, to do a soft magic system, and as long as you have laws with your magic, you have. For me, magic has needs to have a disadvantage. Some magic doesn't. There are some like Superman, like just Kryptonite is his only disadvantage, which is insane. Super Saiyans, I don't know if they have a disadvantage. So yeah, yeah. Like, going to Super Saiyan, yeah, yeah, like, totally. Are they pulling off their tails? Like the only thing that this, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like you know, so you just make sure that you have um, a disadvantage because all of my magic it works on like an energy system. They call it energy. I try not to say magic because, like I said, I tried like separating the real world terms so they do say magic but they like to call it energy because it is energy it's magical energy and it works just like our energy does it can't be destroyed it can't be created if you um almost like star wars if you're bad it kind of gets diluted and turns dark and if you're good it gets lighter and it's pure but there's um disadvantages to using it like with near she can't use it very much because, like I said, she's per, um, pursued, so they will find her if she uses her magic. They can track her when she uses it, but sometimes she has to, so she'll teleport. But when she teleports and nearly kills somebody because she's not good at it and it makes her really, really, really weak because she's expended a lot of energy. So that's how I did my magic was soft system, and when she uses it, it's kind of like, if you want to say, like working out. So... Yeah, just yeah. expend a ton of energy the better the more you work out the better you're going to get the longer you can go it's kind of how my magic works that's cool that's awesome that's like yeah it's like very similar to the kind of style that i like because like i'm like i i do like brandon sanderson you know I, I like new things you know but at the same time i'm not somebody that gets caught up with it i want your characters to be good i want them to go to cool places i want some heroism you know i want relationships you know and at the end of the day i'm like i don't I don't know. I don't I don't really necessarily need to know everything about the magic. If you have something new and interesting, I'm like, oh, cool. That was a cool spell. Or maybe they used it in a unique way, something like that. But to me, it's all about the writing and not necessarily yeah. everything about the magic. So for me, that that sounds really cool. And as long as there's like some sort of disadvantage, again, because I think it makes your writing, you know, the way you explain it, that to me makes the writing and story a lot better, you know, because they're not just solving every problem with it, you know, because it's causing more problems. So I think that sounds really cool. Yeah. And I, I had a... A bad thing, which I, I was able to fix, but in like book one, they have uh, potions and they have magical healing. So, you know, they get really injured. And I was told when I first published that by I had one beta reader and he told me nobody likes filler. They want action. <laughs> so my book is a bunch of action and a little bit of filler. And, you know, I've learned 
from that. But, you know, because I didn't have a lot of downtime, I had to heal people because I didn't want them to just be walking around injured that, you know, so I would have them heal. And then I, I sort of started relying on like healing potions. So now I've sort of t- changed the lore a little bit, like as I've written to where like the characters in book three, they hardly use any healing spells and mm. healing. So it's kind of made it a little bit more realistic because um, there wasn't really a lot of downsides to that. Yeah. Each other like left and right. <laughs> Those those gaming people though, like uh, you know, I I'm playing uh half of the exile right now on Steam in my very spare spare time. Um, but that's how I feel though. I'm like not very high level. I have to like use the potions all the time. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of funny in book one, like you're it's like early level sort of thing. So the gaming community, I think that would make total sense because in Diablo 2, you do that all the time. You know, it's one of my, my all-time favorite games. But yeah, I think that you have to do that constantly. Um, yes. which is kind of funny. Yeah, that's super cool. Oh my gosh. And then somebody asked me, he's like, How did how did the potions work? How do they make the potions? I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. I don't even care. Why do you want to know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. explain. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like if he doesn't know it, you're not gonna know it. She's yeah. not how potions are made. <laughs> they're not going to. All, they're not at apothecary college, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're just made. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, go to play some Skyrim if you want and see how potions are made. <laughs> well, I want to make sure. Before, yeah, I actually did like sit down and explain to him how the potions are made, but I had to just oh, that's make cool. it on the spot, so I was like, yeah. Well, just for you now you got to make sure you keep it consistent right because then later on (laughs) i want to make sure before we run out of time that we definitely ask this because i just thought this was cool so um what did it feel like getting bronze for best cover in 2023 spfbo and i was curious at who designs your covers and how you guys decide how you decide what's going to go on them um so getting third is pretty cool i i don't want to say i wasn't surprised but it's and that sounds really egotistical, but it, I don't mean it that way. It's just because everybody always raves about my cover. Everybody thinks it's really, really pretty. very unique design. Very unique design from oh, a from really? a design <laughs> from a design teacher standpoint. I the first time I saw your cover, because I saw your cover, and that's how I saw your profile on Twitter. And I was like, I like looked at it. I followed you, and then I looked at it, and I looked at it, and then I went and did something. And then I couldn't get over. I went back. I looked at it again. I was studying it because I'm like, what is it about that cover? You know, that, you know, on the JPEG image on Twitter, I'm like, I'm always trying to figure out as a, you know, ex-design teacher. Now I'm like doing it again at my current school um, through social studies and technology. And I'm like, well, what is it about it that drew me? You know, because I want my covers to draw people. So I've constantly been looking at all three of your, you know, three of your covers or two of your covers, first two. And I was like, what is it? You know, and I really think it's the, for me, it's the contrast with, you know, your colors and it i i've noticed that a lot recently i've been really drawn you know to contrasting colors so i thought that that was a brilliant idea but yeah thanks i uh i always wanted a tree and it's funny because there weren't trees like trees held no significance to my books at all Interesting. but i wanted a tree to, on my cover i don't know why something just drew me towards the trees it's probably yeah. because i have wood elves and i love wood elves and i love mm. nature and i love trees but I had to, people, and whenever people were um, asking me about my book, because on the little mock-up cover that I made, it was like a, a glowing tree sort of thing. And, oh, here it is right here. It was this. This was like the mock-up that I sent. Oh, cool. I just kind of like found this online. It's just for me um, yeah. before I decided to publish. And everybody thought it was so cool. So I was like, hmm, I guess I'm going to go with that theme. But this means I have to add glowing trees to my book and they need to have some significance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. 
so I actually based the trees around my cover, which is so funny. Oh, but that's cool. Yeah, so like the trees, um, it's actually this isn't explained to book three, but it's not really a spoiler or anything because I don't know why I didn't explain it. But the trees actually um are like the birthplace of magical energy. So like oh, that's they're cool. very important to the story. Um, so that's why there are trees on the covers. Um, but yeah, I, I love like the tree of life and there's a lot of Viking and Nordic, um, inspiration. So I wanted something that kind of encapsulated that. And then also a way that we came up with the cover design was I wanted the covers to have the tree. And I wanted it to be glowing kind of like from avatar. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted it to be in the setting of the book so book mm. one is in a cave because they have to go to the cave of Namashell. that's mm. their goal so that is sort of in a cave and it is in a cave it's not the cave that they go to um and then the second book is based in the desert so the trees in the desert and oh that's cool is um the third book is in the elven forest so the trees in the forest so that's how we came up with the design i like i said i wasn't really too surprised that I got top three I was maybe kind of surprised that the the judges didn't vote for mine but there were a ton of really good covers so I'm yeah. not like I'm surprised that I didn't win just because I thought I was going to but whenever I saw yeah. the other covers I was like okay I might not win because these are yeah covers. <laughs> it was uh, this year and then I feel like 2021 was like I feel like I don't know if it, I, it's hard between 2020 2021 and this year to see because like uh, uh, JCM Bird and I were just talking about this, um, the, so like two episodes ago, um, in our current world when this will be published, um, but like we were talking about, you know, like he had entered too, and he was like, it was just he goes, now it's like San Diego Comic Con, you got to make sure you click, 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 and you might not get in, you know, into the slots. Mm -hmm. so he was like, you know, and then it just depends. And we were talking about, you know, some of the, you know, the good things about it, bad things, things like that. But I think the ultimate good thing is people are seeing, you know, your name and covers because as soon as the list comes out. For me, I follow anybody on Twitter that I'm not already following. And if they don't have a Twitter or whatever, you know, like I, I just make sure I'm contacting them or getting them on social media in some way so that I see their stuff. So it always helps me out to discover, you know, new authors or people that just, you know, created a Twitter or, you know, or whatever or wherever it's at. And I love hitting up the list because it just helps me add to a growing audience that, you know, I can contact and, you know, see their books and stuff. So yeah, I think it's it's awesome. But yeah, it's a fabulous design. So I think it's cool that you guys are kind of, you know, doing that. And who and who does the covers, by the way? I'm sorry. Um, Thea Majorand. She is oh, cool. She was in Romania. She's somewhere in Europe now. I can't she just moved. Yeah. But um I'll send you her link. She's amazing. Oh, that'd be great. I and think somebody after, else in season one might have used her too. The name sounds so familiar. I have to go back. I was about to say notes, after but. she did my cover and it just blew up because everybody just like raves over my book cover, which yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, this is so pretty, but it's literally there. It is right there. It's just a tree. So yeah, I yeah. Think, like people are really gonna like like it, but they they go crazy over it. Yeah. So she went from you know being able to do my cover whenever I asked her to do it in like a month like that same month and now it's like a six month wait i'm like yeah. listen lady i should get priority okay <laughs> like come on <laughs> it's so funny that you said that because that's like uh dirk ashton rob j hayes and michael fletcher were talking about felix and and uh sean too they're like yeah we used to 
know them and you know whatever and now now they're like the same thing you know they get a little bit more proud because they've you know been customers for a long time but now mike's like now i gotta find somebody else yeah <laughs> i just think it's funny because that's how it is when you know my guy's like oh i will do your art for your website or whatever and i want him to do my kindle vela like logo for my yeah. um series because i was like i love his style but it's like he's like i'm not taking any more commissions he's like but you helped me out for a while gave me extra and stuff so like so i will I'll, I'll he's like i'll save a slot for you but he's so popular now that you know it's the same thing it's, it's hard to find good help but when you do you know you want to rave about them and then you do or you know they people see your covers but then yeah it, it makes it so it's hard yes. to work with them <laughs> it's like yes, circle yeah. of life i guess like and I, like you said, I give credit where credit's due. So I've always put her name out there yeah, to yeah. everybody. It's, it's written in my book. It's everywhere. So I'm like, I love it for her. Like, I want her to have the success that she deserves. But also, yeah. like, I want those I'm covers. Gonna, <laughs> yes. Like, I want you. So now I know, like, whenever I start to get ready to do my books, yep. I reach out to her at least like nine months in advance just so I can yeah. have a really good window. Um, yeah. I think she finished my cover in March of this year and I didn't publish oh, wow. I mean, I haven't even published it yet. So, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. But, oh, wow. um, yeah, that's the only downside to it is that yeah, yeah. it's such a good cover that everybody wants to, you know, hire her now. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> uh, so, for that last one, do you have any news, updates, um, current projects, anything like that that you can share with us? Um, well, my all my ebooks are on sale, so you can get Curse oh, of the Fallen, cool. the Forbidden Realms, the Banished Novella, and you can pre-order Shadows of Nandira, um, all for 99 cents each. That is going to last until November 1st, which is the day after Shadows of Nandira um, releases. So be sure to get in on that, because you can get my whole series for just four bucks. Um, wow. The series is only halfway completed. It's going to be six books, so don't let me fool you when I say the full series. <laughs> it's not the fullest half. But, um, so we have that going on. Um, so check that out. And as I said, my third book is coming out on Halloween. So buy it because it's good. Somebody, um, the, a fictional escapist, I don't know if you know who that is, but they are a reviewer and they said that when people ask for the next Tolkien, um, this series could be it or something like that. Wow. That's, was, that's high praise. Oh, and then whenever Grimdark Magazine, they read um, my first book and they compared it to Tolkien like three or four times in their review. Wow. I'm like, wow. like I'm like, this is, I don't know if I agree with y'all, but I'm going to use it because that's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. They definitely yeah. would know. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm like, super cool. Okay. Definitely going to put both of those on the covers of those books. I would. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> um, And then I also do have another secret project that I'm working with a lot of other authors like Ryan Cahill and Zach Argyle. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So uh, I have a lot of, I have a project that I'm working on with a bunch of smaller authors like me, a bunch of big names like that. So that should be coming out at the end of this year. It's not oh, my project, awesome. but I am working with the group on it. So, super cool. Yes, you'll be finding out more of that soon. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I just want to remind people again please make sure that you are reviewing the products from authors and creators, artists, and directors. I have some voice actors that are coming on this season too. So, wherever you find their products, it also, with the Audible, doesn't just help 
people, you know, who are writing the books, but also producing, it helps everybody, um, you know, and then obviously, like, you know, your book covers that helps out, you know, the artists and, you know, editors and those people. So it helps everybody in the industries uh, from which those products are derived. So we definitely want to make sure we're still pushing that, that we're doing season three or two, but now that we're doing season three, we want to constantly, you know, remind people, um, your books and social dis, uh social links will be in this description so make sure you guys are clicking on that and definitely checking out these books um i got book one sitting in my queue i'm trying to finish like four books right now on kindle for review so i'm like i'm getting there um <laughs> my son has not made it easy he's in stage six right now so he's just been having oh, some no. daddy issues he wants to just be here and then i'm on the phone so i'm trying to read or something he's knocking out of my hand so um, yeah, it's been interesting, but yeah. Um, but I want to thank you so much for coming on. It was so cool to see your books everywhere. And I was like, when you messaged me on Twitter, I was like, uh, are you talking to the right podcast guy? I was like, think you met these guys over here or, you know, know. these book bloggers. <laughs> I was like, are you sure you got the right podcast? So I was like really flattered. So thank you so much. Uh, made my, my week. I had a long it's week funny. last week. So it's funny because when I was reaching out to you, I was like, he's not going to want to interview me. Like he's going to want to interview them. Like I'm just nobody. Oh. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so it's funny. so funny anytime. Cause I've only had a few people where I see their books everywhere where they messaged me and I'm like, always like, are you sure? I had somebody same thing recently. And I'm, I always tell people, I'm like, I, people are always like, Oh, why aren't you going after Brandon Sanderson, these people? And I'm like, honestly, it's a journeyman's podcast. I'm like, I want to get people at all different lengths, but you know, I've had so many people approach me now where I'm like trying to get them in. And, you know, I I'm learning from a lot of people, um, you know, so I've learned a lot from this interview and that's another reason why I'm, I'm doing this. I'm not just being nice. It's also to, to get dry book sales. Cause like people like my friend is for G Brennan, you know, I really liked his book one and I try and do whatever I can to help him because I just want to keep reading his books. So it's not all altruism. You know, I have a selfish, you know, agenda. I got to keep reading his stuff, um, you know, and there's a lot of authors like that. And, you know, I'll get somebody like yourself and I kind of get the director's cut now because I've found that as a podcaster, I like to see what you were thinking and then read your book because it's like a director's cut for me. And I just learned so much more and I, in, as a writer, and then I like it more as a, a reader. Um, so it's just, it's definitely enhanced the reading experience for me. So thank you so much for, you know, for coming on and answering my questions and we'll post this in your products everywhere. So. I, um, time out. Cause I just realized that you're going to publish this after November 1st. <laughs> like I'm not going to oh, have to say so oh you know what yeah i was gonna say we could if you send it to me i will just post it on all the social media i can actually take that part and we can actually do a trailer and just put the youtube clip everywhere okay and then um what i'll do too because i still have that secret project even though it's going to be out in december but um whenever you post this up i can do a sale for like a week for everybody oh yeah 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 whatever works yeah yeah it just stinks because november yeah i do have a couple people that were on there um, who have stuff releasing, but yeah, but what I'll do is I, I have a new, and I didn't tell the audience this, we actually have a new intro. So by the time you actually see this, you'll already have seen our new intro, um, which is really cool. And, uh, we're doing some trailer stuff for the YouTube and a couple places. So we're actually going to start to do trailers. Um, yeah. So like little things like this. So, cause I'm a little bit behind, I'm ahead of schedule, uh, just because of life and stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll, what we'll do is we'll just take the YouTube clip, um, from that section and we'll just post it everywhere um and advertise so as soon as that sale goes for you just let me know and we'll put it everywhere so yeah yeah. so my sale is now 
But then I was saying, like, if you wanted me to say there's a sale, I can still do a sale for your viewers if you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, we could do both. Yeah, whatever, whatever works for you. You let me know and we'll tailor it to whatever you need. So I'm sure the guests are like, oh, my God, sale, sale. Let's do this thing. <laughs> they just, I definitely get it. They just want books. So I totally understand. Yeah. But yeah, you email me later. We'll figure out. Yeah, we'll figure out whatever you need to do. So. Yeah, that, okay. that, that that works perfectly. It's nice because all my students have just recently taught me a bunch of videography stuff. So I can actually like do a lot of cool things. So it's kind of nice now that I can just cut and splice. And they're like, you are like crazy Frankenstein about this now. I'm like, well, yeah. I've never gotten to do this before. I've had, you know, had to pay or ask somebody else and wait, you know, to do it. And that's kind of yeah. what I like about, you know, this is I get to learn new things and, you know, and, and do my own thing. I'm hoping to, you know, do Photoshop and some things, kind of do my own covers one day. Not that I'm trying to take money or anything, but like from people, but, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, for novellas or short stories or something like that, you know, my own little logo on yeah. novella, you know, things like that. But yeah, so whatever you need, you just let me know and we'll get that going for you and we will spread it to this audience far and wide. So that sounds awesome. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on and we will hopefully talk to you soon on social media and I will send you all this info and we'll get your books out there. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, not a problem. I really hope to have you back soon. I got seminar stuff that I'll be sending out um, guest lists and schedules for to see who is interested in doing some three-on-one uh, interviews or I'll throw out some topics and things. So it'd be really exciting. Um, SFFBO would be a really cool one with some people just about their experience. So um, yeah, so I'll be throwing those out. We're also doing a newsletter really soon. Um, so anybody that I'll send the email, anybody that wants to sign up for it and we'll, we just got a bunch going on in the winter and spring and, and then summer. So uh, yeah, even if we can't have you back for a weekly episode, we'll have a bunch of other stuff uh, that hopefully you can take part in and yeah. we'll get you on here and talk some more. So that sounds awesome. Awesome. Sounds fun. I'm up for anything. Cool. Awesome. Well, you have a good rest of the day and I will talk to you soon. All right. See you later. Bye. See you. Bye.